Which brings me to a little side issue that happened with this protest. So we had been planning to do this video, this man on the street thing for a while, Josh and I, as well as other BYU conservative member, Tommy Stevenson, although he couldn't be there in person. But we wanted something a little more. What else can we do? We were thinking, okay, what if we sang some hymns next to the protests? We have the protests, and then we'll have hymns over on this part. But then, as we thought about it more, it was, well, what are the optics of that going to be? If we only get 10% of the people that show up to the protest, how is that going to be turned around? And we have a little bit of experience with the back-to-school night, pride night that happened at Kiwanis Park at the beginning of the semester, where that group did a very effective job using the protesters to their own benefit and putting their story out there even more than it probably would have gotten if the protesters hadn't been there. So we wanted to avoid that, but we still wanted, how can we get more people involved? So what we ended up coming up with the night before was, let's have a flash mob. We only need to get a few committed people together. Let's go into the cougar eat. It'll be very busy. It'll be lunchtime. And one person will start singing and everybody else will join in and hopefully get the whole cougar eat to join in. The song that we had selected for the singing was The Spirit of God. Let's sing that. We can get it on video. We can put it out there. Be like a very unifying thing. Seems like something that could get passed around fairly easily. And then after a hymn, maybe Josh or myself could kind of say a few words and just, hey, we're here trying to support the university, trying to stand up for religious freedom, our constitutional rights, etc. Then sing one more hymn and call it a day. That was our plan. I started messaging people, getting some people that might be interested in attending. And then at about midnight the day before, so 12 hours before the start of the protest, I put out a story on Instagram asking anybody who might want to be involved to come on over to the Cougar Eat and participate in this. At 10.30 the next morning, I received, and Tommy also received, a letter from the Office of the General Counsel, so legal office at BYU. The subject was today's planned unauthorized flash mob on BYU campus. We were informed this was against BYU's demonstration policy. We were asked to not do the flash mob. And we were told to please reply and confirm that you have received this email and that your planned event on campus today will not go forward. Now, on one level, this does make sense. BYU is a private institution, private property, as I've said. They are completely within these rights to have this kind of policy. However, I couldn't but help feeling like there is a, there's a double standard going on there, and I still have this opinion. There seems to be a double standard, and I, I wrote back to this email, and this was my response to it. I said, I can't help but notice many other groups on campus do not appear to have been held to such a high standard as we were. First, there have been multiple rainbow days at BYU that have been well publicized in advance and include not only wearing certain symbols and colors, but also a gathering in the quad, which I understood to be a demonstration. Second, there was a daily chalking of BYU property following Elder Holland's remarks last year. Third, the Y was lit two times. Per the Salt Lake Tribune, there were police officers up there, but no effort was made to prevent the largest collegiate sign in the world from being hijacked by activists. Fourth, the Black Menaces continually record video on campus in violation of campus policy. Fifth, Black Menaces also put up many posters and QR codes for their event that they're having on campus. 
meaning the posters, is what they put up, not the event, was going to be on campus. And I continued on a few more points that weren't as directly related to the demonstration policy. I continued later in the email, I'm not accusing you personally of malice or a double standard, but I hope you can see why I might suspect the BYU bureaucracy needs to rethink its strategy. My intimate experience with BRU's response to the Duke volleyball debacle leads me to believe that BYU has adopted a, quote, squeaky wheel gets the grease, end quote, approach to enforcing their policies in dealing with controversy. I contend that this is a poor strategy. All the instances of violation of BYU rules I have enumerated are objectively more harmful to the mission of this university than singing the Spirit of God, which is about all we plan to do. Yet it seems we are the ones being held to the rules while those with support on Twitter get a pass. I gladly welcome any information that may change my mind about BYU's approach to these issues. Once again, and this was something I had brought up before in the email, I would not have planned this event if I believed BYU was concerned about minor violations of their policies. Actions speak louder than words. I respect the rights of BYU as a private institution, and I love the stated mission of BYU and its sponsoring institution, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I will continue to fight for those rights and values. Sincerely, Luke Hansen. I was very grateful to, just a few hours ago, actually receive a reply to this email that I had sent, inviting me and Tommy to a meeting. Hopefully we can get some clarification and bring forth our issues that we have to people that will listen to us. Hey, Luke Hansen here. Thank you for listening to this clip from an episode of the Red Pill Blue Blood podcast. If you like what you heard, you can check out the full episode and share it with your friends. Thank you, and have a great day. 